keys here. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to www.audibletrial.com shark to get your 30-day free trial and audiobook download. With over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPod, Kindle, or MP3 player. Whatever the hell those things are. You got Audible for your record player or something? What are those things? Shark Dropper Studios presents to you Doppel Avenue Hurt Case 2 Case 2 The Red Letter Part 6 Hakuna Matata Steve Intern had just walked off and left me with an intriguing piece of information. So Miss Good wasn't as popular as I initially thought. Makes sense. I've never seen her in a film, but I thought maybe these were straight-to-video releases. Whatever film she was making, they weren't popular because of her. Her scene would just wind up on the cutting room floor. So said Steve Intern. Could this Steve be trusted? He did leave me when he desired to masturbate into the corner which was a weird thing to do. I turned my head slightly to see him masturbating right behind me. I didn't realize a corner was so close. Oh, yeah. Give it to me. Come on, me. Give it to me. I wanted to ask him more questions, but I figured that may be too awkward. Instead, I would just approach B.C. Baxter, the director. Cut! Baxter had just yelled, Cut. Now was my time to find out what he really thought of Miss Julian Good. I got up and headed over to him. He was heading outside. I slipped out right behind him. He headed to his trailer, a luxuriously large one. Baxter? Mr. Baxter! BC Baxter! He didn't stop walking. He had to hear me calling. Was he ignoring me? Baxter! He walked into his trailer and shut the door behind him. Hey! Open up! BC Baxter! Hello? Suddenly the door burst open and a buff man in a business suit stepped out. Who are you? Huh. Who, who are you? I asked first and I demand an answer. My name is James Keyes. I'm a PI, and I wanted to ask- Wait, wait. You're that acting kid from like 20 minutes ago. Sure, but I'm an actual PI. What do you want with BC Baxter? I need to ask him a few questions. <laughs> Sorry, kid. Won't happen. What? Why? He can't hear you. What do you mean, can't hear me? I talked to him earlier today. Yeah, when you were acting. But you did horribly, kid, and he fired you. Okay. Alright, look, kid. When BC Baxter fires someone, they cease to exist. It's like they're nothing to him. It's impossible for him to even notice people he fires, whether it's by sight, sound, or even smell. 
You put your armpit right under his nose, he won't even bat an eye. Won't even realize there's someone right there in front of him. What, what? What What? the hell are you talking about? Look, I don't know how to spell it out here, but BC Baxter gave you a shot and you fucked it up. So because he fired me, he won't talk to me? No wonder he fired you. You're a very stupid man, you know that, kid? It's not that he won't talk to you. It's that he can't. He doesn't know you anymore. You do not exist in his eyes. You were so bad at being what he wanted you to be. It's like God took you off the planet and replaced you with absolutely nothing. Get it? That... That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Truth be told. What? It means I just told you the truth. And who are you? My name is Donnie Lombardo. I'm BC Baxter's agent, manager, bodyguard, personal trainer, cook, and best friend finder. I'm a practicing practitioner of sorts. What does that mean? In a nutshell, I'm better than you. Like most of the people on this set. Look, I need to ask him something important. Wait, you said like most people on this set, so what do you say is worse than me? Josh Elbert, for one. Who's that? He's a critic. The harshest film critic around, actually. He's constantly bugging BC. Anyone else? Well, you're better than Steven Intern. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, and one other person. The woman we wasted so much of our fucking dime with today. Julian Good. Is that so? Now, if you'll excuse me. I'm gonna go masturbate in the corner because I want to. Is that a common thing on movie sets? What the fuck? On awesome ones, yeah. Bye, bitch. So, uh... So, anyhow, I better just... So, somehow, I was better than Julianne. Even though Baxter treated her like a goddess. I decided it was time to head back to the set and search for her. find Julian anywhere. I went out to the studio lot and found Sheldrake waiting by the car. Well, it is about time. What? What is? You arriving? Why? Miss Good was looking for you. Good, because I'm looking for her. Don't you believe that you're in a tad over your head, Mr. Keys? <laughs> That's impossible. My head's at the top of my body. I thought you were going to play into my little mind games. You just did. And now, you owe me eight more questions. Ow, that was a fluke. Just admit it. You may hate me, but I'm better at this than you are. I don't even know what this is. But I do want those 52 cards laid out on the table. I'm going to be pretty busy with this case, so no promises. <laughs> busy. You aren't going to be able to solve this case at all. 
You don't think so? I've seen you work. You bumble your way through each case. You won't solve anything. Quick, here's a Sudoku. Solve it. Right now. Sheldrake handed me a folded newspaper. I quickly scanned it. I wrote down some numbers and handed it back to Sheldrake. All you did was write one in every box. That's right. Because I'm number one. I knew you couldn't solve anything. Yeah, what about you? Here. I flipped the newspaper to display the empty crossword on the back. Quick, solve it. Done. Here. I looked at the filled-in crossword. All the answers were in suck balls. Really? Yes, really. I can't help that every clue read, Ooh, what does Keys do on a regular basis? It was actually kind of impressive you did it that fast. You know, Sheldrake, the fact that you hate me so much makes me want to stay. Stay, I shall. For as long as it takes. I'll solve this, and when I do, I'm going to take all of my documents and shove them into your stupid, fat, fucking Orson Welles face. <laughs> I'll be waiting for that day. I noticed someone taking a picture of me and Sheldrake. The mysterious person hid in some bushes at the end of the lot. What the hell? Oh, don't mind them. Who is that? It's just a photographer for TPC. TPC? You know, taking pictures of celebrities? I trust you've heard of them. The famous magazine? Yes. Why are they snapping photos of us? They know I work for Miss Good. So, he's taking a picture of you? No, of Miss Good. Here, she's walking up now. I turned around to see Julianne approaching. There you are, darling. I was getting worried. Sheldrake and I were looking all over for you. Sheldrake was waiting by the car. Well, I looked for you for a little while. Really? Where? You know, in the car. And under the car. Oh, and shockingly, he was the one that found you. I found him. Shut up. I found you. I'm good. You're not good. You know what, Sheldrake? You're a stupid motherfucker. Now, fellas, let's not fight. Please, let's... Be kind to one another. Now I want you two to rub hands. I think you mean shake hands. Oh, you could do that too. Reluctantly, we rubbed hands. Oh, good. That is what I like to see. Two men touching. What? Oh, come, come, come now, darling. Into the car. The chute has wrapped. We arrived back at the mansion around 5.15. Sheldrake made dinner and talked about the shoot. Julianne was so happy with herself for a performance she gave today. I pitied her. After dinner, we had coffee and cake. Once we finish here, Sheldrake will show you to your room. You will be staying in the guest house. What? 
No, Sheldrake, I want you to take him to the upstairs bedroom. He will be staying here with us. Uh, I don't want to be trouble. What about sorry? What? Or Monopoly. <laughs> or Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> or Twister. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I see what you're doing. Trust me, it won't be any trouble. Your room will be across the hall from Sheldrake's. He will leave some of his clothes in your room. You know, until we can make a trip to buy some for you. No trouble. I don't want to wear his clothes. Oh, they would be a perfect match. You're wanted by the police. It's not like we can just stroll up to your house and pick up some of your clothes. Julianne was right. I couldn't be seen by the police. No doubt they were watching my apartment. I, I really don't want to wear Sheldrake's clothes. He has casual wear. I've seen his casual wear. He dresses like a drunk David Bowie. I don't always dress that way. Come on, I'm turning face is strange. Oh, I just know I can make ch-ch-ch-ch-changes. Fellas, I'll admit, Sheldrake does make some odd choices sometimes. Uh, for instance, the shoulder pads he's wearing right now. Yeah, you know what? I, I meant to ask that. Why are you wearing shoulder pads? Oh, I, I don't know. In case I trip or perhaps run into something big. After coffee and cake, we finally discussed the entire case at length. Or at least as much as I could get out of Julianne. Her fiancé. How the letter was received. Who she suspected. I jotted down everything. We talked so long that I even had time to doodle a picture of a muscular me punching Sheldrake in the goddamn face. Could it be a hoax? Oh, it just had to be. But then I thought, oh, what if there's more? Like what? Oh, I, I don't know. Promise me, though. Promise me you will stay. Stay until you solve the case, Mr. Keys. I'll do my best. I guess that's all I could ask for. Julianne stood and stretched. Oh, <clears throat> well, it's getting late. It's already 8.30, past my bedtime. I do need my beauty sleep. Sheldrake here will show you to your room when you are ready to retire. Well, I mean, I haven't really saved up enough money. I need to check into my plan. Plus, I think I'll move to SoCal or maybe Costa Rica, but... I mean sleep, yeah. Well, I'll be ready shortly. I stayed up a little while longer, looking over my notes. Eventually, I found Sheldrake puttering around the hall. He showed me to my room. This is where Miss Good sleeps. Down here is where I reside. And these are your quarters. And here are your nickels and pennies. What? Did you take this out of my pocket? Maybe. Do something about it. 
Don't you dare take my money. I think I had more change than this. You trying to nickel and dime me here? No. I told you they're nickels and pennies. Okay, never mind. Are we good? As long as I still have my dimes. <laughs> I wouldn't touch them. Have a good night. You as well. I walked over to the king-size bed. There were clothes laying on top. A suit, some t-shirts, pants, socks, and shoulder pads. midnight I woke up to weird animal sounds. What the hell could it be? It sounded like a couple of dogs fighting, but this wasn't Michael Vick's house. I climbed out of bed and walked over to my door. I leaned my ear against the hard wood. The growls were coming from inside. I put on a pair of pants and, just in case, some shoulder pads. I creeped down my room and down the hall. The noises were coming from Julian's room. What the hell could be going on in there? I tried to look through the keyhole, but I couldn't see much. A bit of movement, that's all. Hmm. I snuck back to my room and over to the window. Outside, the city lights decorated the horizons like sprinkles on a cupcake. I carefully climbed my way out and onto a small ledge. I shimmied along the ledge past Sheldrake's room, which was completely dark. I carefully made my way to Julianne's room. The lights were on. I peeked in. What in the hell? Julianne and Sheldrake were dressed as lions. They were humping like mad. At one point, Sheldrake got up and started shouting. At that moment, Julian climbed up onto the edge of the bed and tried to pick up Sheldrake like he was a cub. Oh, Julian, this hurts. Quiet. You're not supposed to talk. You are a little baby lion now, just a little cub. Look down at all the happy zebras and gazelles. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I leaned in for a closer look when... Whoa! 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 I slipped and fell headfirst into a hedge of bushes. I pushed some branches out of my face and looked up. Someone was in the near tree. They hopped out and took off running. I sat up. It looked like Julian and Children didn't hear or see anything. They were still wrestling around upstairs. The mysterious person had hopped the backyard fence and disappeared around the corner. I got up and gave chase. Twigs and leaves were still clinging to my hair. 
The figure ran down Sunrise Boulevard and down East Louder. I tried keeping up. Luckily for me, they ducked into a bar. I cleaned my hair, straightened my shirt, walked inside. I saw a man hiding his face behind a newspaper, the camera hanging around his neck. I slid into the seat next to him. Hope that picture was worth it. It wasn't. Don't you worry. You're a girl? Can I help you? The newspaper dropped to reveal a gorgeous blonde woman with sharp lipstick and sharper eyes. Her cheeks were rosy, but not too rosy. She licked her lips in a sultry way that made my dongo gadoom. What are you staring at? A beautiful young woman. Save it. I'd save it for you if I didn't already lose it, if you know what I mean. Sweet. She bit her bottom lip and she sized me up. The way she did it made my monkey heart thump faster. I better go. No, wait. Let me order you a drink. I only have one drink I prefer. If you get it for me, I'll stay. Of course. What is it? She didn't say anything. And then I realized the game. She wanted me to guess her preferred drink. I rubbed my chin because it itched, not because I was thinking hard. Well, you're a strong woman. Nimble, quick, smart, intellectual, with cool attitude. You're pretty, but you don't realize how pretty you are. You dress casual because you casually think about dresses. Mm. You probably like something flavorful, but a tad tart. Lemon, perhaps. I can go with plenty of drinks at this point, but I think I'll keep it simple. A clear liquor, some juice. Maybe some sugar? Not much. The drink you enjoy, the only drink you ever order, is the lemon drop. I'll take a beer. <sighs> that was my second guess. <laughs> you got it wrong, but I'll stay. Just for one drink. Glad to hear that. I tapped on the bar. Charlie. Oh, the name's Greg. Whatever. Give us a couple beers. So, this... Just call me Jane. Okay. And you are? You can just call me Jim. Okay, Jim. What were you doing on a ledge? Checking to hear that the noises I heard didn't mean trouble. What were you doing in the tree? Taking pictures of Miss Good and her little friend. You're from TPC. It was you outside the studio, wasn't it? I was. I don't get it. I heard Miss Good wasn't very popular anymore, yet she has paparazzi hanging outside her place snapping photos. <laughs> Don't get too confused. Miss Good isn't popular anymore. TCP is running a story for next week titled, Actors Who Were Once Good But Are Now Shitty. I was just getting some shots to see where they are now. Really? That's the title. That sounds like a Brentwood Heights Gazette article. <laughs> Same editors. Right. I took a gulp of my dark lager. Now, what about you? Why were you being a peeping Tom? First off, my name again is Jim, not Tom. Get it right. And secondly, I wasn't peeping. I was making sure she was okay. And I realized she had creepy sexcapades. I'm living with this good for a while, while I help her solve a case. A case? 
Is that so? It's so. What kind of case? I really shouldn't say. Wait, is this about the whole letter thing? You know about the letter? From her dead fiancé? Oh, yeah. Read an article in a rival magazine a few weeks ago. That's nothing. That kind of thing happens to actors all the time. Fans can be crazy. You think it was a disgruntled fan? They could have been gruntled. Regardless, I bet you it's nothing. Being around these Hollywood types, you see and hear all sorts of things. I bet you I could figure out who sent the letter in a couple of days. Really? I think so. I've followed Miss Good around for nearly a decade. Her and everyone else who has begun filming in Brentwood Heights. I know a lot about her. Well, that makes one of us. What do you mean? Well, she hasn't given me a lot to go on. Actor for 30 years. Tried writing, moved from Cali, fight with her sister, and two husbands. Two? She said two? Yeah. Why? She's had more than two. Damn it. I knew she wasn't giving me everything. Tomorrow morning, I'd head to the library and start researching her past. First, let's see what this Jane girl knew. So she lied to me. Let's just say she didn't necessarily tell you the truth. Why wouldn't we just say she lied to me? Okay, we will. She lied to you. Tell me about them. How about this? A proposition. I'll help you gather some information for this case of yours if you help me out. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, first, I need another picture of Miss Good. You ruined mine. All I can see is half her window, the back of your head, and the top of your shoulder pads. By the way, why are you wearing shoulder pads? For protection. They actually helped when I fell off the ledge. Still weird. So, a picture? No, the picture's fine for now, but I want a story. What kind of story? A story about Miss Good. I don't know. Come on! Give me something juicy to write about. I'm tired of just taking pictures. Give me something I can show my editor. Some, something I can impress him with. Also, I want the shoulder pads. Really? Yes. I'll help you with the story. As long as it doesn't get too obtrusive. I'll get you a picture and here, you can have the shoulder pads. But I want helpful information about Miss Good. About the film industry. Anything that can help me solve this case. I want to know who sent that letter. Deal? Deal. Good. Now let's have one more drink. Charlie. Seriously, man, the name's Greg. Whatever, man, just give me a couple beers. Actually, I'll take a lemon drop. I knew it! Doppel Avenue Hurt Written by Robert M. Lamb Edited by Jonathan Moss With special guest Johnny Bell of The Johnny B Show As director B.C. Baxter Starring voices by Kyle Appleyard as James Keyes Amy LeRae 
as Edith Dietrich, Jose Caraballo as Paul Went, Jonathan Moss as Arthur Phelps and Sheldrake von Wallen, Dan Johnson as Vendel, comedian Lang Parker as Jane, and Julia W.D. Harrison as Julianne Good. Additional voices by John Lazavith, Brian Messick, Seth York, Hope Enos, Chris Gore, Nicholas Engelhart, Shannon McCarthy, Ricky Laner, Shannon Lee, Chris Davis, and Amber Simpson. If you enjoyed this show, please take 90 seconds and rate us on iTunes. Also, go to www.sharkdropper.com for additional fictional podcasts such as this one. Shark Dropper Studios production.